Watershed's November podcast. Welcome. <laughs> We're in BSL. Stuff. Welcome, but you can't hear that on a podcast that I'm doing BSL. Because I was no, doing BSL training little, last month. Yeah, mm. four weeks worth mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Congrats. You're now qualified, right? You've got a certificate. Yeah, I have. I did in B- the post. Yeah, BSL level one. So I can do stuff like welcome and watershed. And I'm doing it with my hands and also realizing that. No one can see this on the podcast, so you're just yeah. going to have to not believe. Not quite the right format for No, it. not quite. You'll not have to quite. come and see Steph in person. Yes, yes, please, for the meet and greet. Which, depending on when this podcast comes out, you uh, might well be able to, because uh, Steph is oh, hosting yeah. our beautiful preview Q&A of Give Me Pity. Yes, that is on the 31st of October. Alternative Halloween plans. I've been given the responsibility... <laughs> Of looking after Sophie von Hasselberg. She's she's coming down to, to promote talk, her new film. Yeah, called Give Me Pity, which I'm 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 very glad that I have been matched up on A TV fever dream. Yeah, a TV fever dream goes Watch wrong. The trailer if you've not already. I would try and sell it in words, but I think best just to be seen. Yeah. Um, then heard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Much like BSL. But please please come say hello to me and please come say hello to Sophie and uh, we're gonna have a Good old time. Right. So November. November. Pack month. As Loads always. Yeah. As all months are. Keeping it slimmer this this podcast. I'm gonna do big focus on four films, four top picks. Are you gonna announce the four films now or are we gonna find out as we go? I think we find out as we go. Okay. Would you, would you like an agenda for the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking happy. notes, I'm taking notes. No, let's let's go with the flow. Right. Journey of Discovery. Yeah. Starting on November 3rd. No, wait, second, including the preview um, of How to Have Sex, the new yes. directorial debut of Molly Manning Walker. She'll be here on November 2nd for Q&A, and then the film opens the following day on the Friday. She was the cinematographer for a film we showed earlier on in the year, another great young British debut, Scrapper. Scrapper. Mm-hmm. Beautiful camera work. And this is her directorial debut, as I said. And it won the top prize in our Setemarigar at Cannes this year, which then culminated in her having to make a mad dash across from the airport. Um, did you see that? that um, she was announced as having won the prize and John C. Riley was the head of the jury and he was on stage just trying to stall for time to give her time to run in from, like... The taxi. She was delayed getting from the airport. Well, funny you mentioned that. So he's that. there on stage singing a song, just a gap fill for her. Funny you mentioned that. We had that last week, didn't we? We did indeed. Carol Morley came down. <laughs> Horrendous traffic. Yeah. On the motorway. Trains cancelled because of flooding at Swindon. And Carol Morley made it within a minute of the end of the credits for her uh, Q&A following a new film, Typist Artist Pirate King. It's a little bit lower profile. No, it's not lower profile. I think it's the same profile as Ve- Venice. Can. Can, that's <laughs> it. Watershed can. Yeah, watershed can, can, can watershed. It's, it's, it's similar vibes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> anyway, Molly will be here on the second to discuss her, her new feature. It's, um, it follows three British teenage girls. I think 16-year-olds is the vibe I get. This is in, they feel too young to be drinking legally in England. So they oh, go, they they're going to Mali or they're going yeah. to Crete where the drinking age is lower and they're getting wasted. They're going on this rite of passage, messy party holiday to Malia. Did you ever do 
the rite of passage? No, I did a lot of drinking in parks as a teenager. <laughs> Greece was a little out of reach. I did. Uh, no, I didn't either, but my sister did. And we were actually reminiscing about it because she, she was asking what's in the film program. And I was like, yeah, something mm. that you know very well. But yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, I mean, from, from the film trailer, there's the fun and the joy of going through. Exactly. Gr- it's the first up. time away from home, your first yeah. unsupervised holiday. Yeah. There's lots of drinking, clubbing, lots of sex at all the parties in different forms and ways. And, it, you know, it's that garish kind of holiday resort. Mm-hmm. In, in the sun, though, all sun soaked. And obviously, because it's Molly Manning Walker and her background is as a cinematographer, it's all beautifully shot. Mm. And it does paint a really kind of painfully accurate picture of that kind of stage of young adulthood um, in a way that takes a bit of time to adjust to as you know an older well I'm that old but an older person coming to watch because it, it's got that kind of shrieking banter among teenage girls that, oh shrieking banter <laughs> at 8am in the morning it can be a bit of a time guys morning but once you've adjusted to it you do feel kind of brought into their friend group in a way and um, they, they have a lot of that Gen Z vocal fry, if you know what I mean, going on. Mm-hmm. I don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Looking <laughs> you, pointedly in your direction. Fryish. Fry. Um, <laughs> Frying pan. But uh, so it's it's a kind of um, take on what a first sex experience should or shouldn't, uh, how it should mm-hmm. play out within the context of this party resort holiday. Um, and these three teenage girls in there, mm-hmm. uh, and it is much an examination of kind of the dynamic of their friend group and the kind of teasing and taunting that goes on within those relationships mm. um, before they've kind of fully matured. And it's full of, like, really likeable performances, including, a, you know, just an astounding turn from Mia McKenna-Bruce, who plays the lead, Tara. And because of difficult events that happen in the film, about halfway through, you see quite a drastic kind of personality shift where she really retreats into herself, and mm. she portrays that in such a kind of um, evocative way. Mm. sounding too pretentious. She also uses sound in a really interesting way in the film um, to like convey the kind of claustrophobic and disorientating club experiences. Mm. There's some really interesting sound design and a great kind of techno party island soundtrack as well. All right, do us a favor and wait Tara up. And shoot yours. <sighs> My mum's life, I'm not joking. I just look proper, yeah? <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I've never necessarily seen a film which has done, like, the perfect, like, giving an impression of a club. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But which I must be really hard to do. Yeah. Weirdly, I think... After Sun, actually, After Sun was kind of evocative. Yeah, in a different way, though. Yeah. That's kind of stretching kind of reality Abstract. of that situation. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good Ooh. impression. You, you guys are missing the dancing yeah. that's coming across it. But yeah, no, it's it's a really strong debut and it's a really interesting kind of examination of the, the lines of consent and the messiness mm. of those young kind of sexual experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's definitely one to see in the cinema. And definitely, if you can, make it along for the director Q&A. Yes. Molly's got a lot to say about it. Because I rebooked my ticket because... We did preview it as part of LFF on tour. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. even if you've seen it, come see it again. I will be. 
Yeah, I, I think it was more just an appointment. It was more convenient to go. Oh, that's Sorry. it. Because, no, because I, because I finish work at about like 5.30. So oh, I can did I put it on in, in the evening? Yeah, because, right. because the timing Sorry of... Sorry for scheduling it. Jeez. <laughs> it difficult for you to attend. Like publicly putting you on blast. Like, Thanks. can you sort your schedule out, please? Like, it doesn't fit me. You know how many people I hear that from? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. First recommendation of the okay, month, how cool. to have sex. Cool, 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 yeah. Definitely catch it. Also released on the same day, and also, again, aiming for a bit of a young audience, we've got Bottoms. Bottoms. <laughs> the new film from director Emma Seligman, who previously directed Shiver Baby in 2020, um, which also starred Rachel Sennott. I s- still and need I, to see that. Have you not seen it? No. I absolutely loved that film. It's this kind of quite stressful watch not in too dissimilar a way to uncut gems but imagine uncut gems but it's about like a mid-20s jewish girl having a bit of a crisis at a shiver about Mm. her life direction and it's just full of this kind of escalating tension and panic and it's all centered within this one home where Mm. this um kind of wake is happening it's exhausting but it's amazing but it, but like this is kind of a bit of a tone switch, isn't it? This is a massive director. tone switch. Yeah, um, I wasn't expecting it. I loved mm. it. It was. It, it's. Oh, um, you've seen. Yeah, obviously yeah. you've seen it already. Yeah, Come on, I've seen all of these fun stuff. Duh, that's, duh. that's my job. Yeah. <laughs> so kind of like raunchy high school comedy, mm-hmm. but like not necessarily a teen comedy. I wouldn't say it's not like it's shooting just for a teen audience. Mm. There's a lot in there to like for for any age. You know, it's just got that high high school setting but it kind of really leans into the silliness of that and the kind of campiness of that setting and and genre you know like the jocks wear their with their football gear and pads to lessons you know it really mm, just mm-hmm. <laughs> Obvi- which they obviously do it, it, it takes quite a break from reality at a lot of points in a way that's incredibly entertaining um it's, it's centered on a couple of lesbian friends who find themselves at kind of the bottom of the social pyramid in the school and they try to win the attentions of their cheerleader crushes through starting a fight club for the girlies <laughs> to teach the girls how to defend themselves against the uh, school's football rivals who or on the warpath. Mm. It's just great fun. And if you lean into the silliness with it, it's such a laugh. And it's a sweet 90 minutes. It's got a very amped up soundtrack from Charlie XCX. Yeah. We are literally at the bottom. We have nowhere to go but up. Your club is over. They deserve a shot at showing everybody how fucking cool they are. Let's hook up some football players. You created a fight club to get some coochie. Yeah, I don't even know how to work that thing. I just don't know if you're supposed to be talking to us like that, just like as a teacher. It's a very fun night out. Very rewatchable as well. I could go again, easily. Well, then you're coming with us. On opening night. Yeah, on opening night. Of course. Opening night at six o'clock, right? (laughs) Which is convenient for me. Yep. Thank you. We'll get one of them in. Thank you. But yeah, definitely catch it. Um, it wasn't originally going to have a UK theatrical release, but then mm. there was so much demand for it, online especially, that um, they arranged a UK theatrical distribution so we can show it in cinemas Thank before you, it Warner launches Brothers. on a streamer. Because it's not the same watched on your laptop alone. I know, because that's how I watched it. And I was just thinking this would be so much more fun <laughs> with people in mm. the cinema with a bit. The movies are back, guys. <sighs> in a big, big way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
bottoms and how to have sex, November 3rd. <laughs> Next film I wanted to talk about was May, December, which is coming out on 17th of November. Yes. And it's the new film from Todd Haynes, With Natalie director Portman. of Carol. Yes, it's got Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore. Mm-hmm. And they're phenomenal together. They're, they're quite different performances, um, but in a way that's incredibly like complimentary. Well, yeah, or like opposite in a way that leads to some interesting kind of scenes and tensions. I, but, well, the premise of the story is is she's an actor. Yeah, so 20 years study. after a kind of notorious tabloid scandal romance. Mm. I'm reluctant to use the word romance because it's, it, it's based on a true story. They've changed some of the details oh, slightly. I, that's what I couldn't quite but figure yeah. out because it, cause I was like, is this like a meta true so story? So it was a, a, a middle-aged, well, not middle-aged, getting towards middle-aged woman has a relationship with a 13-year-old boy mm-hmm. um, in America and then, you know, she goes to jail because, you know, it's a crime. She's on the sex offenders <laughs> register. It's not recommended. But after she gets out of jail, they, they marry and settle down and have children. They have three kids. And so this film is like 20 years after that moment of scandal. Mm-hmm. They're making, someone's making a film about the, the you know the relationship as it happened at the time and the hollywood actress who's portraying the woman goes to stay with the the couple as like research for her role and it's kind of how her presence de- destabilizes the kind of delicate balance of their relationship and kind of i don't know it makes clear some of the the unsettling aspects of their relationship that maybe he the, the man had repressed and not given due recognition to until until this, this kind of moment mm-hmm. of reflection prompted by the actress's presence so is it um, kind of like in terms of genre is it kind of like drama or thriller yeah, it's, it's it's drama it's like a closely observed focused character study um of essentially quite a controlling and neurotic woman the woman played by julianne moore the the wife and she's she's quite like underdeveloped no not in a character like not in a writing sense but in a maturity sense right, okay. and she's very manipulative mm. in ways that become clearer throughout the course of the film uh, and um I, I, it's got kind of echoes of um todd haynes's previous collaboration with julia moore for me um safe you know from 1995 which i think i've been telling you to watch for ages and i'm not sure you got around to it but it's a wonderful film i haven't but because in that she similarly plays like a neurotic american housewife it gradually goes more and more off the rails. Um, and this isn't too dissimilar in its own ways, but also because it's Todd Haynes. It's, it's, although it's an unsettling topic and it's very discomforting, there's an, mm. there's an element of high camp to it. And there are moments of real humour in kind of, in slightly a perverse way, but it kind of carries throughout and makes it, it lightens it, you know, in what could otherwise be quite a serious and kind of oppressingly heavy drama. I mean, in a weird way, when you just mentioned that, I was like, this is kind of giving slight whatever happened to baby Jane, kind of. I've seen it. Like, spirit... <laughs> what have I just revealed? <laughs> oh, my God, Steph. <laughs> you haven't seen whatever happened to baby Jane? No, I'm allowed gaps in my viewing. History. Yeah, in in in, in there the are a limited amount of days I've been on the set. Okay, if you haven't watched that, then it's okay for me to have not watched Safe. But but I have been telling you to watch Safe for yeah. months. But <laughs> it's kind of what I see in it is like there's a bit of like a like melodrama, which then kind mm. of becomes like camp 
happy. Exactly. It's that yeah. kind of... Not necessarily the story. Dynamic. And led more by Natalie and Julianne. Yeah. It's like two, um, two female leads. Yeah. There's an excellent scene where they're um, applying makeup to each other's faces in the bathroom. And then they both turn and face. Like Julianne's doing Natalie's makeup to make her look like her to kind of bring her into the sense of character and it's haunting when they turn to face the the mirror and they both got this like quite like juvenile almost shade of pink lipstick on scarring me yeah Um, yeah that does kind of sound a bit but it's excellent it's exquisitely uncomfortable and to be honest was probably my favorite film i saw at lff this year Um, maybe tied with zone of interest both masterpieces but we didn't get a zone of interest because you went up to london to do no, all, all yeah, your yeah, yeah. That wasn't an on-tour title, mm. but it will be coming out in likely early February. Cool. Courtesy of A24. Nice. That's the new Jonathan Glazer one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, May, December. It's, it, it's, it's so rich because it's also kind of unpacking America's obsession with scandal and this kind mm. of the way the community kind of... Ooh, oh, then it's definitely baby sit, material. Yeah, it's very, yeah. Um, it's very white picket fences. You know, mm-hmm. it's the respectability yeah. and, the, you know... Uh, what, what happens behind the scenes. Well, exactly. And the, the way that everyone is, like, playing and being pretend nice yeah. to each other. There's a... There's a the underbelly, a the dark underbelly. Well, exactly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, highly recommend. Why would you want to play someone who you think is a bad person? It's the moral grey areas that are interesting. She's getting on my last nerve. She's just... Everywhere I look. Why can't we talk about it? If we're really as in love as we say we are. Insecure people are very dangerous, aren't they? For the fourth film, you wanted to touch on which film? For the fourth film, it was uh, The Eternal Daughter, a new film from Joanna Hogg. We're previewing it with a a Q&A with her here on the 14th of November, Mm -hmm. before it then opens on the 24th at the end of the month. It's a sequel, in some ways, to The Souvenir Part 2, and it's the third part of that series, so Souvenir 1, 2, and then this, The Eternal Daughter. But it's, it's slightly disconnected and distinct in its approach compared to those first two which fit more neatly is so is this yeah is this a spiritual success it's a part of the same but it is in the trio trilogy. but it, it twists things around a bit oh, because it stars really tilda swinton as both mother and daughter so yeah. it's several years down the line because of course the first two are essentially period pieces yes. that take place in what the 80s. 80s um so this is then focused on julie as a middle-aged woman played by tilda swinton mm-hmm instead of Honor Swinton Byrne, mm. who plays her in the Superman oh, part one and two. Oh, this is all making sense now. Yeah, because okay. um, Tilda Swinton plays the mother in parts one and two, and mm-hmm. she returns as the mother here. So she plays both Julie and Julie's mother oh, in so, this film. Yeah, oh, it's fascinating. So and she's character- constantly on screen mm-hmm. with herself. They, they, they shoot it so brilliantly, like it never feels contrived or, mm. you know, CGI-ish, fake. But it's quite a, a tight... It feels almost like something that could have been made during COVID and maybe was, you know, in that it's very tight. There's like five characters max, maybe, and it's all set within this one kind of building, this mm-hmm. this mansion. So basically the, the, the plot is that Julie, um, again, having aged since her last showing in uh, Souvenir Part 2, in November takes her elderly mother, who's now a widow, on a brief holiday to Wales um, to this remote 
kind of majestic hotel to celebrate her mother's birthday. And Julie kind of tentatively behind the scenes is planning to make a film about her mother and is just in the stages of kind of pulling together ideas about that without telling her mother. Mm-hmm. A meta mummy story. Yeah, God, he really dives into that mother-daughter relationship. Yeah. It's quite like a discerning portrait of it and the, the kind of pivotal nature of Julie's relationship to her mother, which is runs throughout Souvenirs Part 1 and 2, but it's really brought to the fore here. And the kind of... Uh, irreconcilable distance between them because they're such different personalities Mm. and characters and those kind of breaks become more apparent in this as they kind of try and connect and keep kind of missing those points of connection genuine connection Mm -hmm. it's got this kind of like hushed tone throughout the the mansion is such a great setting it's almost the hotel's almost a character of its own um gives it this kind of haunted element and throughout the film becomes clear that that this is a setting with quite a lot of history for the characters this isn't just a hotel they've picked at random Mm. and certain parts of the building kind of prompt reminiscences um especially on the part of julie's mother rosalind It's, it's essentially a ghost story and they've really leaned into that in terms of how they've promoted it in the trailer yeah and everything vibes yeah and it is but it's not in the traditional sense like it didn't go into it expecting it's going to be a scary ghost story kind of mm. horror thing. It's not. It's a really delicate character portrait. As all as all the films I love are, it's now becoming clear as I talk delicate through these character portrait. But it does have these kind of ghostly elements um, that kind of upset. That well, I mean, even in the fact that Tilda Swinton plays both roles, there's a really unsettling kind of uh, narrative thread to it. Mom, we're here. We'd like to check in, please. My mother has a relationship with this house. She was here when she was young. Are we the only people staying here? I don't know. The longer we're here, the more it comes back. The dread. What kind of dread? I'm not sure I feel I have a right to do such a thing. It feels like trespassing. Happy birthday, Mum. Um, and it's, it's just a massive achievement for Tilda Swinton, to be honest. It's, it, it's a phenomenal piece of work in how she crafts those two distinct characters and is essentially responding to herself in almost every scene. It's um, Which, Yeah, it's which staggering. is baffling, and then also because, like, Tilda and Joanna's relationship goes back like... Donkey's years. Donkey's years. <laughs> Joanna, Joanna Hogg is the godmother to Tilda Swinton's yeah. daughter, Honor Swinton Byrne, who plays in, Julie in the previous films. It's yeah. very much a, a family, family affair, affair. This, <laughs> in, in all different senses. Yeah. It's excellent. It's very much an autumn film. Um, <laughs> released at a very appropriate time. So, is this, why is it set in the autumn? Yeah, it's okay. set in like chilly... November, November, you know, Mm. um, frostiness, mist, Mm. those little ghostly elements of weather. Pathetic fallacy. Yep. Lots of that here. Gotcha. Gotcha. But yeah, um, previewing here on the 14th. So do come down for that. Joanna's always really great in um, Q&As. Very thoughtful. Yeah, I I don't think I've been to a Q&A screen. She was here for the souvenir part too, and it was an excellent conversation. Oh yeah, because that was when I was working from home. (sighs) A joyous time. At least you're here for this one. I am. Is it on at six (laughs) o'clock? 
is indeed. Yes. Q&As always are. <laughs> Those are the four that I really wanted to, to highlight this month because I'm aware we do open a lot of films. And when I run that through the do. entirety of a month's program, it's, um, it's like a catalogue almost. Yeah, we, well, it's like we can't really talk about everything. everything. When we open like three films a week, it would be, I mean, we'd be here all day if we really spoke properly about each one. Yeah, uh, comment on the reviews if you want, <laughs> if you, if you want a full two-day length. I'm not podcast. sure I'm cut out for it, to be honest. <laughs> As we said, the vocal fry, <laughs> it gets too raspy. The vocal fry will fry even more. Yeah. Having said that, <laughs> there are a couple more I just wanted to mention, slightly more briefly, mm-hmm. um, because we've got uh, Tish, which is... Yes. Um, uh, premiered, I think, at Sheffield Dock Fest earlier this year. It's a documentary about the working class photographer Tish Murtha, who kind of showed the deprivation of communities that austerity caused. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of ramifications of long-standing unemployment on those communities, um, on the people there, and also on the kind of environment. But she, she never... I mean, she's not an outsider. She's part of the people whose lives she recorded and documented. So mm. it, it, it resists that kind of element of fetishization of poverty by middle class kind of media that can run throughout other photographers' work, mm. potentially. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and she always captures the humour and optimism that can be found in those places. With them. It's full of humanity and warmth. It's a really beautiful documentary on quite an under-recognised and underappreciated talent. And it's directed by Paul Sung, who's here on opening night for a Q&A on the 24th of November. One of my favourite documentaries I've seen this year. Oh my gosh. Yeah, on a person I didn't know too much about. And it's just beautiful to see those um, photographs of hers enlarged on the size of the cinema screen. Almost like, um, well, it's not an exhibition, but you know what I mean? It's, it's rare to see works reproduced in such like large scale like that. It is funny, like, when you watch or like documentaries about photographers and artists I guess because there's like narration in the background well because I just think of all the beauty and the bloodshed mm. where like stuff and was, seeing Nan Golden slides throughout that yeah and kind of having and like having that add context to the narration and the narration adding context to the work that she's showing mm. it's um, sometimes better than going to a gallery Ooh. Sometimes, and that's why you work for the cinema hey, the movies are back <laughs> Also wanted to mention that we're showing a new documentary called Savage Waters here mm-hmm. from the third, just over the weekend. It's technically a surf film. You know, there's a plenty plenty of footage of world class kind of big wave riders riding those waves. <laughs> As I do. <laughs> yeah. But oh there is a helicopter currently whirring. Yeah, on the lookout. Somewhere for you. over this shed. Um, apologies if you can hear that running throughout. But it's not going away. No. So we're leading into it. It follow, The film follows an expedition by British husband and wife adventurers and sailors Matt Knight and Suzanne Hobbs, where they go to Portugal's Savage Islands, um, where they hope to find this kind of mythical big wave, as documented in a treasure hunter's journal from the 19th century. And they invite this big wave surfer, Andrew Cotton, along with them for the voyage. It's kind of takes an emotional journey as well, mm-hmm. um, because it, it, these are chop, choppy waters. I don't know the sailing terminology, but it becomes quite dangerous. And at some point they have to decide whether to turn back or not. And they've all got kind of competing, well, not competing, but conflicting interests because Andrew has to be 
back for the big wave season um, that he's kind of competing in, mm -hmm. but also wants to commit to the voyage and the potential for these kind of unexplored areas of, yeah. yeah. If you look at the map, it says very clearly these are uncharted waters. So the risks are enormous. Things do go wrong at sea, you can turn it to hell pretty quickly. Big wave surfing is a numbers game. If you don't end up getting some serious waves, you're not being taken seriously. Think of giving it up then? No. It didn't go through your head. Think that a disaster has happened in your life. But sometimes it can open up new opportunities. Whatever happens now is history, you know? Um, it's a really captivating documentary. It's got voiceover by Charles Dance, and it features some scenes shot at the the wave. Oh, the artificial wave yeah, thing yeah. here. Yeah, Cool. You see them riding riding the wave at the wave. Um, it's it's made me kind of want to go. I cannot surf. No, but we we could give it a go. Yeah, I think we discussed team. this. Yeah, little yeah. team cinema team outing. Is it just surfing that they do there? I believe so. Okay. Um, I don't own a wet. We'll figure this one we'll out. We'll figure this one out off yeah. the podcast. <laughs> also, maybe maybe we shouldn't have waited till winter. <laughs> Never mind. Something to hope for. For a brief summary yes. of the rest of the month while we're here. Yes. So running throughout the month, mm -hmm. our Sunday rep season for November is... Your pronunciation is better than mine. Ooh, I'll go give on. it a go. Mujer with a movie camera. Oui, oui. That's French. Uh, that's French. <laughs> CC. It's a season put together by uh, MA Curating student from UE who's on placement here at Watershed for the year, Lorena. And it was you um, last year. Was indeed. Mm. Wow. Wow, how what time flies. Yeah. Anyway, we're, um, we're here for Lorena's the put season. together this beautiful season of four films running on Sundays throughout November. Mm -hmm. um, they're all from Latin America and they're all directed by women. A lot of them are debuts and the majority, in fact, all, I think, have never been had a proper UK theatrical release, so they're very rarely seen mm. on the big screen here. Um, we've also arranged a lot of Zoom Q&As for them, so a chance to talk to the filmmakers directly. Um, and there's a great mix of like documentary and drama. The details are all on the website, and they'll be playing all at 2pm every Sunday throughout the month. Yes. Do have a look. Yes. Highly recommend. And we've got all the new artwork and it's Yeah, gorgeous. beautiful poster. Yeah, Come yeah. see it in the Super cafe colourful. bar. Yeah. And then go and buy tickets for the screen. Yes. <laughs> On the 7th of November, we're also hosting a one-off screening of the Bergman film Wild Strawberries. Mm -hmm. Peter Cowie has written a book on Bergman, a biography called God and the Devil, and we'll be giving an introduction to that screening. Rare chance to see it. Obviously, we've shown several Bergman films over the last couple of years in various contexts. Like there was a Fanny and Alexander restoration the last mm -hmm. Christmas, perfect Christmas film. I just remember um, postcards. And we showed Persona back in January. Yes, but it's been a while since we showed Wild Strawberries, um, and I, for one, am very much looking forward to seeing that in the cinema. On November tenth, we have Anatomy of a Fall being released. We're doing a special preview screening on Wednesday 8th with a pre-recorded Q&A with the director. Cool. Justine Triette. 
Also on November 10th, we've got Dream Scenario, the new film from Christoph Borgli, who directed Sick of Myself, which came out, I think, earlier this year. I've kind of lost track of time. Yeah. It was I the dark, twisted comedy. Year, yeah. And this is also... A dark, twisted know, comedy it, yeah. from A24. It's quite like Kaufman-esque. It stars Nick Cage as a kind of depressed, washed-up man who suddenly appears in everyone in the world's dreams. Mm. And it Doing takes lots things. of little twisted turns after mm. that. Yeah, out from the 10th. Also on the 10th? God, it's a busy week. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. If you went to wherever. Couldn't possibly. We're showing Pressure, Horace Ove's debut feature. Um, yes, he unfortunately restored, died right? last month, and this has been newly restored by the BFI. Mm. We just screened his first... I mean, this was his debut feature, but his debut film, which was a recording of um, James Baldwin in conversation... Um, we just screened that as part of a Baldwin program with Bristol Ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll be playing Pressure for a week. On November 18th, we also host again to Africa Eye Festival Yay. for their 2023 edition. Mm-hmm. Their program with us this year will just be all focused on that one Saturday. We're playing four films throughout the day, including Queen of Catway for um, families and children, starting the day off at like 11, I think, in the morning and then mm. running throughout the day. And then obviously... As ever, they'll be having music in the bar late into the night to close out their day. And also worth noting that on Saturday, 25th of November, we've got Stephen Frears here in person. Oh, yeah. um, For a double bill of The Hit and The Grifters. Mm -hmm. So do snap up your tickets for that. That should be really popular. Yeah, tickets will be on sale super, super soon. Yeah. Oh, also competing mm-hmm. on the 25th of November. Oh, oh yeah. You yeah. One. Yeah. We got a special screening <coughs> of Rocky Horror. That's right. Um, it's going to be in one of our event spaces. We're going to have a gin bar and we're going to have a host to be announced shortly. And they will also be hosting a karaoke in the cafe bar afterwards. It's going to be camp. Parte. Um, so those are, those, are, those are your two options for the 25th of November. <laughs> Catering to very different audiences. Yes, yes. So choose your. <laughs> Not too pick. much crossover there. Mm-mm. I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, let us know. If you're going to be here all day for Stephen Frizz and then Rocky Horror. We'd love to have you all day. Yeah. 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 I mean, to be honest, I, th- I think that's. I'd love to have you here all month. You know. Yeah. Just come keep coming. Every day, the movies are back. Events are back. Um, four films a week. Four I films know you a week. can do it. Yeah. Well, that's November. That's November. We'll be back again next month for mm-hmm. end of the year bumper edition. Yes. Drag drag Mark back on. I'm excited. Highlights of the year. Mm-hmm. Cannot wait to talk again about Pacifiction and how much I love it. <laughs> that's a little teaser for next month. And I will talk about Barbie again, for sure. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> we, can, maybe we won't have you on. No. <laughs> I just. Thank you, Steph. Thank you, Steph. Thanks, Bernie, as ever. Thank you, Bernie, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Mm-hmm.